there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The Jack Grealish money will ruin and save La Liga. Talk to me about Mings. For me, second to John Stones is the best English centre-back. Tyler Adams is someone that's been mentioned a lot. If you think modern day fullbacks now, a lot of teams are trying to play in that way where they, they come inside and end up as a midfielder. Could he could he, inverted could he, could he do that job? You did a bit of a, a, a Jamie Carragher theory, yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> really. It's obscene, that really, is. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it, by the way. Single at the moment, <laughs> so not, not been much going on. Um, <laughs> Do you remember Rio Ferdinand playing defensive midfield for Man United? Just, just about. I was probably about nine, but yeah. I just felt that was mad. <laughs> he was class, wasn't he? And then they thought he could play in that position. Happens quite Like you said, it happens more now. Declan Rice was centre-half, wasn't he? And now, yeah. he's a, now he's a midfielder, gone the other way. So the reason uh, we're just briefly talking about this is because I think we're going to do this as a podcast at some point. Um, producer Kai is in the building, down from Wales. Say hello, Kai. Hi, guys. So I was just chatting to Kai about players that change position. Feel free to tweet me. It makes my life easier. And Kai's uh, with players that made like made fleeting moves that they probably should have stuck with. Uh, that might be one as well. Yeah. Or sort of players that kind of changed their career. Joe Linton will obviously be one. Makes sense, doesn't it? And Newcastle fans absolutely love him. He got a cap, didn't he? I think he got a goal as well for Brazil. Yeah, he played the other week. Yeah, definitely. Amazing stuff. Right. Welcome back to the Ripple Effect with me, James Lawrence Alcott. Um, I hope you guys are all doing really well. I hope you have recovered from last week's podcast with Flav. It was chaos, but hopefully you enjoyed it. This is going to be slightly more refined, I would say. And uh, if there are other clubs that you feel like we need to focus on over the transfer window, we can do so. But Aston Villa need to be talked about. And there's only one man to speak to. Broadcaster, presenter, reporter, whatever you need. It's Dan Bardell. Hello, Dan. Utility man. Utility man. Multi- well, we're going to have three words of the week. I've got two written down, which I'll say in a second, but also multifunctional. That's got one of my go-to <laughs> phrases, multi, multifunctional players. That's a crucial one because we had some... Uh, Dan put forward some players. So what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to talk about some ripple effects. We're going to talk about some players that Aston Villa could sign from uh, your tweets as well. Just chuck some names out there. Dan has then put together some players that he thinks would be great for Aston Villa this summer. And then we'll put forward some players that might be of use in the next two windows as well. So January and then next summer as well. But when Dan was putting together his picks, he had something in, I got told off because it had it in, in brackets for some of the players. It said M. I was like, what's M? Midfielder? Is that midfielder? What's it? And then I sort of messaged you and you went, James. <laughs> James, you've not scrolled down. And it was very clear, black and white, multifunctional players. So let's, uh, let's start off with the words of the week, first of all. Project. We've got two here. One sort of, one's a bit more, um, I don't know if it's negative or maybe has negative connota- uh, connotations, but first of all, project. So a piece of planned work or an activity that is finished over a period of time and intended to achieve a particular purpose. Actually, Joe, just quickly, what would you say is the project for Aston Villa in this in this summer and generally? I think it's now a long a long term project. I think Villa have just come to the end of of a project and kind of luckily a bit of a fluke in the end. 
they got to where they aimed to be in their five-year plan. So Christian Perslow has just departed and Villa have had a bit of a restructure, all kinds of fancy titles and all kinds of different people coming in now. So Perslow's left, but when he came in, Villa were in the championship and he said by the end of the five-year cycle, I want Aston Villa to be back in Europe. And somehow, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it's happened really, but I do know how it's happened. It's happened because of one man. Villa are now... Villa have now got European Steven football Gerard next season. Oh, God. Did it. Planted no. the seeds and Emery popped in, just watered them. Grow. <laughs> and off they did. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to, to Steven Gerrard, but we'd be planning for life in the championship right now, I think, if he'd have, uh, if, if he'd have stayed the manager of, of Aston Villa. But Villa now, I think, I don't know whether you agree with me, but generally in the Premier League, I don't really look at the, there has been a big six anymore or a, or a big four or anything like yeah. that. I think there's Manchester City. Sure. And then I, underneath that now, I think it's anyone's game. I really, I, do. I really do. Yeah. Look at Newcastle this season. Look at Brighton finishing sixth. Villa have ended up finishing seventh, despite giving everyone a real head start for the first 12, 13 games of the season. I don't think it's going to be easy for Tottenham and Chelsea to bounce back from the seasons that, that have just occurred. Chelsea in particular, I think there's a lot of work that needs doing there. And just because Pochettino's come in, I don't think that's the quick fix. Yeah, I don't, He's a great manager, but I don't think he comes in and turns them, turns them round overnight. So I think now the teams beneath, a bit like Newcastle have, sniff blood. Mm. And Newcastle have accelerated now and they're ahead of where they potentially should be and where you would have thought they would be. I think Villa will look at Newcastle and think there's a template there because I don't think loads needs fixing at Villa this summer and a bit, bit like Newcastle last summer. So you make a few subtle changes, get three, four players in, but keep what you've got. You've got a manager who visibly improves players there. I think Villa will fancy their chances of winning a cup and pushing towards the top four. I'm not saying they'll right. get top four, but I do think there's an opportunity there. Okay. Okay. Right. Now, I've had moments with the Villa fan base, okay, over the last couple of years. We've had, like, you know, they're a passionate bunch. But I, can I just say, there's a, at some point, I'm going to have to provide devil's advocate here. Yeah, of course. And it's honestly, it's, it's not, it's, it's Jimbo's advocate. Because I just, I don't know if this is just the fear in me. The confidence of Aston Villa fans is like an amazing thing to, to enjoy over a summer, and I get it. I'm slightly concerned about slightly concerned, slightly concerned about that. I think there's a little bit too much hype. Do you think a little bit? Well, James, what I would what I would say to you is that, like, as I just mentioned, Villa gave everyone a 12, 13 game head start. Villa were flirting around the bottom three when Unai Emery came in. Some of the records that Unai Emery broke, bearing in mind that he didn't hasn't even really bought in any of his own players other than a than a left back this season. He's improved that team tenfold. I, I don't doubt that at all. If the season started when he came in, Villa would have finished, I think, third in the in, in the Premier League if if, we, if the league had started yeah, when he when, when he came in. I look at that improvement and think, how how has he done that so quickly with very little time to work with those players? I do think the kind of structure was was already there. Dean Smith kind of took Villa probably maybe as as far as he could have got could have got Villa, and then Gerard came and it was just a complete disaster. But I do think they started to get the infrastructure at the club right. There were some good players there. Gerard just couldn't figure out how to use them. Emery's coming straight away. Got a plan using the players. He's got his ways. The players have really got on board with that as well. Yeah, and it's just a real positive place to play your football. I think. I mean, and. You want that to sort of continue as long as possible. And understandably, if things aren't broke, you don't fix them. I think that's where the sort of foresight comes in for, for any club. And, and you hopefully, you've got the right man, you know, or right men in, in Monchi and 
yeah. in Unumai Emery in terms of having someone that you don't have to doubt that they are incredibly knowledgeable and incredibly hardworking. I just think that from from where where people saw the stocks of McGinn, Mings, Concert, a lot of those players, even Watkins to a point, because you know the incredible form that he's had is is all down to Unai Emery. Yeah, but what I the one thing I'm wary of is the fact is the sort of the flux of football and almost that that line that gets drawn at the end of a season that you oh it's almost like a shame like for Villa it was almost a shame that the season ended right because you were yeah. in such a good place so much momentum but that momentum could just go like that if you don't get you know the rub of the green and, and those those things and so and you're sort of caught up regardless because you have to change you have to evolve but it's very difficult and you're going to be a bit more reticent to change when things have been going well, which could lead you to having players that were actually just overperforming last year. And it could lead you to sort of returning back to the mean a little bit. I know this is incredibly negative. No, but I just I, think it's interesting because I've listened to a lot of really good content, actually, over the last couple of days. I was listening to Claret and Blue podcast shout out to them loved it listened to about three or four and um, a villa on tour uh, um i was watching some of their videos as well again really cracking reasonable villa fans and i know there's loads of them it's just like the three or four that aren't seem to come after me but the <laughs> and barely but the i just think everyone is so confident right now is that something you've got to be kind of careful about because i also think when you go into a new season I think people will look at Villa so differently to what they look, how they looked at them when Fulham rocked up and pumped you three 0 Yeah, look, you're right. Think things changed up this time last year. We'd have never said Chelsea would finish twelfth. We'd have never said that that Spurs would completely fall Newcastle. off a cliff under contact. We'd no, no way saw Newcastle finishing top four. So I take your point and, and see what you're saying. I'm not really. I was seeing myself as quite. I'm positive, but I'm re, but I'm realistic. Yeah. But Unai Emery has he's changed something within me. I just, I just believe I mean, in, that's in him so man. much. I think he's such a good manager. When he first came in, I maybe thought he was a, a rung below and like an elite top level manager. Sure. I actually don't think he is. When you when you look at what he's done with teams in Spain, there's no right with those teams to win European competitions year on year year in year out. Sorry, mm. and he's coming to come into Villa. Villa had no right to finish seventh and, and, and get, in, get into Europe. The yeah. way you hear the players talk about him and his methods, he's got complete buy-in for, from everyone there. I take your point. Like Villa were aiming for something towards the end of last season, so they were yeah. aiming for Europe and they probably performed a little bit above themselves to get that. Because Sorry, because the one thing I could see happening is you having a season like... No, I don't think it would be as bad as West Ham because I think Unai Emery is a, a far more um, flexible and probably has a higher ceiling as a manager than David Moyes. Yeah. So I think you would be better in the league, but I could easily see you finishing 13th, you know, a bit like Fulham this season in, in the league in terms of the points that you accrue. And then, and to go in and win in that conference league. Well, and know, that's a great season. I'd take it? that. The yeah. Villa fans would take it as well because we're so desperate for a trophy. Yeah. Not won anything since 1996. If you offered me the exact replica of the season West Ham have just had, I would take it. Do you think there's a ripple effect in the fact that because of what ha has happened with West Ham this year, if you do have a bit of a wobble, people will go, well, no, look, look what happened yeah. with West Ham. It's all right. Just stick with it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Unai Emery will be under any pressure at any any point. Even if Villa, I, I really don't think Villa will be in the bottom half. I, I just don't see that okay. envisage that happening at all. 
but he's been given so much control and power by, by the owners. Everything now at that club is geared around him and built mm. with, with him in mind. So if he left, you've got everything's going to everything's going to fall right. apart because everything is geared towards. But him. you feel, if I were you, I'd feel incredibly safe. Yeah, the fact that he is he does want to be there, does want to do a project. There's pretty much everything he kind of wants there. The controls there. Exactly. Do you know what I think is great about him as well? Is that Aston Villa is such a huge club. But like a lot of huge clubs, you know, you've been in the championship and you've been in the low, you know lower echelons of the, the Premier League. And with that probably comes at times for the fan base a bit of patronising here and there and a bit of identity crisis of, oh, hang on. You know, I remember us finishing second in the Premier League, you know, winning League Cups and stuff like that. So Unai Emery kind of has, he kind of embodies that a little bit in terms of the sort of sneery nature of maybe Arsenal fans or other fans around the world who said exactly what you just said there was like, oh, he's probably not, he's not good enough to be elite. And Aston Villa, I've, I would imagine that's something within Villa fans where we kind of, look, we've won the European Cup. Like we yeah. want to, we want to be elite. We think we could be elite, but no one thinks we could be elite. So to have someone who, who has been patronised a little bit themselves, exactly. but you know has like the work rate and all the sort of attributes that you would want in a manager... Is that why there's such love as well? And obviously you've seen the end product as well. I think football's quite quite magical, isn't it? So you you'll know. I don't know actually whether you whether you will know this. So when your your team's doing well and everything's pulling in the same direction, that's a that's a special feeling that you don't get all the time. And I can't really remember the last time that I had this feeling. As a Villa fan, and particularly in, I'm talking in the Premier League. Yeah. Champ towards the end of the championship under Dean Smith, obviously a Villa fan and Villa fan as a captain, you had a certain feel good with with those things going on. Not to the same intensity yeah, of this because you feel this, like you should yeah. be sixth, fifth. I hated fourth, the championship. Right? Like, yeah, it's very snob, very snobby of me. But I was just, when we got promoted, I wasn't happy. Mm. I was relieved. Yeah, because those three years, I just found them a slog because I never ever in my life thought Aston Villa wouldn't be in the Premier League. I didn't think it would be something. That, that I'd ever see now. Because you were always a top 10 club for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And then you had the sort of Benteke years where he kind of like he, allowed yeah, you to stay up. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then obviously just completely fell away that final year. Yeah. Look, look, when we went down, we deserved to go down and we were run so badly at that, at that point that if you circle the drain for long enough, eventually you will fall down. And that, that's what happened to Villa. They just about stayed up for years. But then they had an awful season, 17 points, went down and needed a, a full rebuild. I will say Villa got very, very lucky with their owners that have come in. They, they've got to be amongst the top owners in in world football. What they've, do you like about them? They've put in, you know, people talk about the Glazers at Manchester United, how they're taking money out. These owners put their own money in time after time. They've backed every single manager that's been there with the players that, that they wanted. They've improved the infrastructure at the club. There's plans to improve the stadium. The training ground's a million miles away from what it was probably five, six years ago. And it was actually quite good right. five, six years ago, but it's a really impressive complex now. And they've just moved the, the club on now and everyone that's been there needs to take credit for that. But they... The league positions probably weren't in line with what they were expecting. I think they probably thought the Villa could have got to where they are now, maybe a couple of years earlier. The owners—they're very, very ambitious. They're they're serious people. You know, Wes Edens has done. He's part. He part owns the Milwaukee Bucks in the in the NBA. There's been an incredible transformation of that uh, of that franchise. Take your word for it. <laughs> and no, no, that has. And, and Chris Ryan's not here to corroborate. Uh, and he's uh, and he's and he's a big part of of what Villa are doing as, as well. And. I just think we've got something sustainable there at the moment. You've got owners that are engaged and they're interested, and I think that's that's rare. And they want to see Villa 
in the Champions League. Ultimately, I think that that's what they want to see. Ultimately, that's what we all want. Yeah, and that that that's what I think. That's why I'm sort of providing that devil's advocate take because that leap. You know, we did a great podcast uh, with Toffee TV, Baz from Toffee TV, talking about seven years of Mashiri. And they were try, and the same actually chatted with Nicky, another good, great podcast prior to them winning the Conference League. And, and you can hear the excitement in his voice. It's a really special podcast, actually, that one. So go check both of those out. I mean, yeah, although <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are sort of warned, Everton, Everton fans in particular, it's not a happy ending. But, the, but that, that sort of leap of those kind of teams from you know, sneaking into Europe and having a year in Europe to then trying to get into that top four is a really difficult jump. And, you know, success isn't linear. So like there might be a case where like there is that sort of bouncing up and down. If you lose a bit of, you know, luck or momentum or more games, which we're going to get get onto, because that's that's part of the problem to a point. And I think another reason why people can, why people should like the Conference League or Villa should like the Conference League is that, for the sort of early stages of that competition, you you do need two 11s. Yeah. Right. But it's actually a, a competition where in the early stages, you should hopefully be able to navigate it in a way that allows you to maybe, we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, kind of bring through some of the exciting youth talent that, you, that you've got. But exactly. just to finish off on that point, like, it is so exciting to be an Aston Villa fan. I don't want to take away from that because I think you have a lot of the things that you want, which is it feels like you're smart which I think you have to be in the Premier League now. Again, I look at Kai as an Everton fan over there. You, like, you've not recruited in a smart way, have you? And that that's actually harder That's harder than people think a lot of the time. Would you agree with that, Kai? Or do, or do you think it's actually easier than people think? Um, when we, So there's two types of Everton fans. So you've got the younger ones and then you've got the Daz. The Daz are the ones who go to the game in like cut jeans and like and just don't really know understand anything about the science behind it right so when you're invested in the science behind it and like the metrics of players and that and then you see a signing malpite <laughs> you just start you do then think it's easier than that you yeah, just sign yeah. a player with better numbers i think yes i agree with you or i think the profiling football so has become so kind of obvious to football fans now. Our IQ as football fans has gone through the roof with all the information that's there now that we expect a little bit better. And I think you can smell stupidity these days. Everton and Villa 10 years ago. And Villa, Villa went down off the, off, the, off the back of it. Now, Everton have... So I said about circling the dry and Everton have, have circled that dry. Although you did n- say, didn't you? Because I wasn't having it. You said before, you said, oh, Everton, you can't, that can't happen again to Everton. It can easily happen again to Everton if they I've, don't fix, don't sort themselves out. Yeah, and obviously they've wasted so much money. So, but that's so that's what is so important for you guys is that we've suddenly become good recruiters at Villa. I don't know where yeah. that's come from, but we've suddenly like Tillemans on a free race, and that's a that's a good signing. But that's, that's what a, you want to you want to continue with that because even Leicester City, Leicester City were yeah. known for great recruitment. So it can, my point is is that it can easily change. You know, so I, I see what you're saying. I yeah. completely take on board what you're saying, but I think the difference with Villa and the examples that we're talking about is this manager. Mm. I genuinely think that. You, you brought the point about people that kind of mocked him when he was when he was at Arsenal. He's a wounded animal. He's He's got something to prove. Villa have got something to prove to show that they're this this big club that the fans have all, always said they are in. Villa haven't really ever... I don't think Villa have particularly acted like a big club in my whole time supporting them, really. They've all just been on the cusp of it, nearly, nearly got Champions League yeah, under yeah. Martin O'Neill. 
And I think now, when there was the sort of the the ambition had a ceiling, it felt like in the Martin O'Neill years, didn't it? Because you kind of well, they should have got, got they should have got top four. But that's yeah. another point that I wanted to make. In those days, Villa would Villa's players would get picked off. Man City would sign them, Liverpool would sign them, Man U would sign them. Villa would lose their good players. I think what they've got at the moment, Villa, they've got a good team. Not necessarily any spectacular individuals. I think it's a good team. So I think Villa can hold on to their good players. Mm. And I think the team is the, mo- is the most important thing and the managers harness that. Yeah, and that comes back to your point. of There is an opportunity next year. In Like you say, Brighton might lose one or two, but not all of them. And, and again, their recruitment is so that. great. Yeah, like these, the, the, the other guys are start, aren't losing all their best players like they used to. And I think that's, that is a big thing. Um, the second word of the week is bankroll. So Kai wanted this one in. I was like, that's a bit, don't get gaudy. Um, he said, to support a person or activity financially. Which seems quite calm, doesn't it? But the reason we chat that one in is Villa got some money. Yeah. Villa have got some cheddar. They are ready to spend it. Um, how much, because we're about to, you know, we're going to dive into the players that uh, you could be getting and the ripple effects that could come from that. What kind of money do you think, or have you heard, uh, that Villa have for this for this window. So you asked me the other day, and off the top of my head, with no real thought put into it or having spoken to anyone, I said no, maybe maybe about a hundred million. I've spoke to people since, and I think we're looking upwards of two hundred million. Villa Villa have got to spend. Villa are in quite a fortunate position with FFP. It's so hard not to spend it as well because you just go. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I can feel it. I can imagine. I can't imagine being able to spend money. We uh, QPR um, resigned Lyndon Dykes on, on a, a new contract. I honestly was. I was uh, Kai's staying at ours. He's um, he's come down for for the show today, and I was like staring at it, wasn't I? I was going, "How have we done that?" Like because I'm just like we haven't got the money to be doing that. So to have the money, I'm yeah. salivating over it. Well, we sold Grealish for a hundred million, so that's you'll know that's a hundred million pure profit. Yeah. Villa were quite. God, it is pure, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so pure. Didn't feel pure at the time, I say, when when he left. He definitely didn't feel pure at the time. Still, still miss him now. I mean, imagine him in in this team. But he's gone on to be a different stratosphere of, of football, and now uh, Manchester City and, and winning winning the lots. So, so fair play to him. You know that that move's worked out. Villa were quite sensible in the in the last in the last few windows. Really, they didn't spend too much money. They had a good summer. Last summer, in picking up Bubakar Kamara on a free because he's a very high level footballer. Yeah. He's outrageous how good he is. As, really? a, as a modern day number six in the Premier League, I don't think you'll find too many better. He's 22, he's got, got room to grow. He's going to be a sensational footballer and already is. A what, very, what was very his good injury? Player. He's picked up a few little different right. knocks oh, through, through the season. Heavy, no, he's back. It was Diego Carlos, was the other big signing yes, yeah, that they made. Yeah, he's yeah. worked and under he, Emery that before. That was a disaster, wasn't it? I mean, he picked up an awful injury. Yeah. And we talk about ripple effects. Villa Villa went 2 0 up against against Kai's team, Everton. Absolute, absolutely cruising. 2 0, you think, game over, ten minutes left. Suddenly thirty seconds later, scoring own goal from from, from kickoff and it and it's two one. And I've never seen a team have to defend so much at home in my life in that game. And they were so deep. Gerard bought on so many defenders. And Diego Carlos got injured because Villa didn't know how to manage a football match right. under under Steven Gerrard. So we lost our big Are you blaming Steven for that? A little bit, okay. yeah. So we lost our thirty billion pound centre back. The entirety of the of, of the season. So early, wasn't it? Even in that, that's all Villa really spent last summer. Yeah, they spent money before on Luca Dean and Philip Coutinho. Luca Dean, they, they've overspent on, yeah. if, if I'm being perfectly honest. But Villa are in a good financial position now, so they can spend probably two hundred million, and it 
not really make too much difference to any any regulations. And it's whether you want to spend that though, isn't it? Like we've all played football manager. If you give me two hundred million to spend, I'm spending. Even if I'm buying, even if I'm, I'm buying players, I don't need. Yeah, because I'm just spending that two hundred million. But Unai Emery won't do that. We saw in January he'll only bring in players if he thinks they'll improve what he's got. I thought Villa needed a bit of surgery in January. To be honest, I was surprised when they only brought in a left back because I wouldn't have even said they needed a left back. At the time, but even Alex Moreno coming in, he was, unbelievable. He was so good. For you. He's so good, and he transformed the way Villa could attack, mm. which which really opened up a new dimension to us. And that signing was a big signing in getting getting Villa up the league, really. So Villa have got money to spend, and with with Monchi and Emery and their contact books, and Emery's hugely hugely ambitious as well. He'll go for he'll want players that Villa have got no chance of getting. Mm. If you don't try, you don't know. Okay, right. We're going to have a quick break and then at some point we're going to talk about Steven Gerrard because I'm intrigued by this. And and also I want to chuck in a ripple effect regarding uh, Mr. Beal, the ex-QPR <laughs> manager. Um, but we'll be back with ripple effects and, of course, our transfers for Aston Villa. So, Villa signed Torres and Williams. They save Bilbao and Villarreal. But the flip side is that Villa demonstrates that the Premier League can just bully La Liga clubs. You look at his output and I thought... These numbers aren't far off Kingsley Coman at Bayern there, so yeah, this is a great signing. I think Beal could easily manage England. I think he's I think he's that good. I think he's got that charisma. Be wary of Aston Villa. Good manager in place, money to spend, huge fan base and a young and hungry squad. A seventh place finish last season only shows a glimpse of what Aston Villa could become under their current trajectory. The truth is that Aston Villa may become a commanding force in the Premier League with what may or may not happen in the next few transfer windows. And in this episode of The Ripple Effect, we're going to look at how Aston Villa could become behemoths in the very near and immediate future. I don't even know what that word means. I don't... Uh, it's like a big beast. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, iconic beast. Right. Let's uh, let's dive into this. I tell you what, let's chuck in a, a ripple effect just to get us warmed up before. Um, because you've got your picks for this summer and then we'll put forward 24, uh, January 24 and summer 24. So here's a ripple. The Jack Grealish money will ruin and save La Liga. So with Munchie now at the club having left Sevilla... The links between Aston Villa and La Liga transfers are going to are always going to be really, really strong. And we're obviously going to get into some names there. And there are, you could absolutely pillage Villarreal if you wanted to. Uh, we've seen this with the links between Pau Torres, who a lot of people put forward as an option for Aston Villa. And those links have been growing ever stronger. But Villa are also now linked to Nico Williams, who's another player that yeah, you wanted to talk about. So Villarreal, uh, Emery's ex-club, need to sell players to comply with the strict La Liga financial rules because of this. And the Grealish money, it looks like Villa will just pay the buyout clause for Pal Torres. We'll talk about that more in detail in a second. Whereas other clubs probably would have offered 45 to 50 million. So it allows you essentially to get him. It's a lot of money for Villarreal. It gives them flexibility. But uh, but don't forget that they are also selling Nico Jackson to Chelsea for around 30 to 40 million. Another Villa target is Nico Williams, who has a release clause of 42.6 million. He's at Atletico uh, Bilbao. Uh, but Nico Williams and Bilbao have already rejected an offer of that amount from Villa. However, you still with me, guys? The financial situation at Bilbao is very weak at the minute, so a big money move to Villa may be the only option for the club. Liverpool also rumoured to be interested, but only at the clause price. 
but Villa could just pay over the odds to get him in as well. So blowing Liverpool out of the water whilst also saving Bilbao. So Villa signed Torres and Williams. They save Bilbao and Villarreal. But the flip side is that Villa demonstrate that the Premier League can just bully La Liga clubs. Uh, the La Liga clubs then become weaker whilst Barca and Real Madrid extend their gap. This means a Super League becomes more likely or La Liga becomes a second tier league and all the players leave Saudi Arabia, uh, leave for Saudi Arabia because the quality will be the same. Last week we spoke about Saudi Arabia who essentially doing what Villa could do to La Liga to or, or could do this in the near future to the Premier League. How do you feel about Villa in terms of their place within the Premier League and how obviously Saudi Arabia is, you know, a, a new ingredient in that cocktail, but those not top four teams are able to go to La Liga and, you know, pick off a lot of talent there. That feels like a real obvious road for Emery to go down and Villa have got the clout to do it. I mean, yeah, you look at it sensibly. Obviously, a manager that's got great experience of, of La Liga and a, a, I mean, he's not called a director of football, but for the purposes of this, he is a director of football. Mon- Monchi, you know, do we know what he's called? Go- oh, they've got, all got uh, mad got, names. The job titles are like nothing I've ever seen. Kai, in, could in you just life. find on your phone the? I don't know if you'd be able to do it or not. If you've got the Wi-Fi, I've got my phone here. Just the the names of the. I've got to be fair. I was reading something. My um, the Athletic did a piece this morning on the oh, on the okay. hierarchy, and they had like a a table basically. He's president of football operations, Muncher. Okay. And then they've got a director. President of football of, operations. Yeah, yeah, director of football operations, who's one of Emery's close colleagues. Right. Basically, he'll help Emery with the day-to-day running of the training ground. He's the director of football operations. So Munchie's the president of football operations. I smell a ripple effect here. Uh, there's I mean, there's new the, names in football. There's all there's all sorts of uh, of names and various people have uh, have come in at Villa. But Munchie's a it feels a feels a, a big Do you think deal. they went you could mate just come here. You could you could have any title you want. Any title I want. <laughs> like, can I be called a president? Well, I think if you've got the word president yeah. in your title, you're in, possibly entitled to more money than just being a director oh, of really? football. I would say so. Yeah, if, I was a, if I was president of something, I'd be asking for... I'd put another zero on the end of that salary. I get confused with these things. Yeah. Supreme leader of football. Yeah. But, <laughs> essentially, he's the director of football. The, yeah. Yeah. The almighty munchie. So, yeah. So, Nico Williams... Uh, let's go to your list here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... I had it up here. Hang on. Here we go. So, you're talking about backup keeper... Desperate. Right back, centre back, winger slash striker, and centre forward. Yeah. So it's some of these, yeah, some of these players, there feels like some like real options for um, f- to go to La Liga. Let's start with Pal Torres. And yeah, just quickly on that, how, like, are you bothered by the fact that you're able to just like not destroy La Liga teams, but like the like for like? And so the Villarreal and Villa, there's even a lot of letters that are similar, that like you're able to go and pinch their like best players and in terms of that's got to be such a road to go down because the way that Villarreal played and the way that he's got Villa playing there are a lot of similarities there aren't there yeah it's uh, it is what it is isn't it like like I mentioned when Villa were good under under Martin O'Neill teams came and picked off picked off their players Villa couldn't couldn't hold on to their players Manchester City want Jack Grealish Villa can't Villa can't hang on to him it's just the 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 way football is football is always very cyclical. I remember Gary Neville saying that, and it's very true. And at the moment in this cycle, Villa can probably sign these, but the players have got to want want to come. Like Nico Williams, by the sounds of it, I think he's might possibly rejected us as, as, as twice now. From, from what I've heard, he doesn't want to leave. 
Bilbao to come to, come to Villa. So, yeah. you know, the player has to, has to want to come. Pau Torres is a really interesting one because Villa, Emery clearly wants to have four good centre-backs. Right. So I think Chambers will, will move on and Villa will bring in a, a centre-back. So the prob- probable outs, according to yourself, you've got Dendonka, Chambers, Traore, Duran on loan. Yeah. Just to, I mean, let, maybe we touch on this quickly now. Actually, no, let's stay because I think there's options there in terms of probable outs of their their sort of uh, the youth projects as well. Um, it's about upping the quality of the squad. Is it? It's yeah. those players that are going out. Villa need to bring in players that are, are better than them, but also maybe better than the players that have been starting for them week in week out. Because that's one thing at the end of the season for Villa. That could that could change nothing. Like the right, the, right. Ele- the eleven was picking itself every, every single week. Villa had a few a couple of injuries. And that on the last day of the season against Brighton, they were ha- not hanging on, but they were winning two one in the game they needed to win. Villa had nothing they could do on the bench to change things either way. They could they could have made one sub in that game. Right. Yeah, Villa didn't have the option, so they need to, the players I've mentioned I think will depart, and they'll bring in players of, of quality to replace them. And then they've also got a few players who've had loans in the Championship for a year who'll come in and take up space as well. So then you're looking at maybe four extra bits of quality, and then making a the squad bigger by having three academy players come back as well so you're making the squad bigger you're improving the quality of, of the squad yeah also think and you're by, excited by the fringe players more so than than you probably have been previously because yeah, they're your guys i think those three coming back have all got futures in the in the premier league slash maybe the, the championship if, you, if it doesn't work cool, let's, let's do it quickly because okay. so because so you've got cameron archer who's been fantastic in the championship for two two seasons now was sort of the B side for for Middlesbrough, I guess, last year, but but for Preston the year before. I know in Middlesbrough, he was his goal and assist output was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, was it? Am yeah. I missing something? Absolutely. He only he only went on loan in January, so he was wasted right, the first right. so half the of the season numbers, at yeah, Villa. So, so the overall numbers right. won't look great. Yeah, you're right. But he only played the second half of the season. But I said to you yesterday, if he was playing for Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough a Championship side, and he scored the goals and got the assists that he'd got in the Championship. Premier League teams would be looking at spending big money to bring him in. You'd be looking at him going for twenty twenty five million, I would think. Now Villa have got that yeah. player. Villa have got that player mm. coming into their squad on a free. Well, essentially, yeah. Well, look at Kukera's. You know, as if you brought him in, you go fantastic. He's just coming in the Premier League. He's going to be happy to be here. He'll be a backup striker, but you'll give him some minutes in the Conference League where he's good enough. And you've got him as a, an option that has the potential to maybe go and push Watkins or allow you to play in a different way. You can just change the name there, can't you, really? And give that to Archer instead. Yeah, I think that he's going to be given a trial in, in pre-season and the start of the season up until the end of August to see whether he whether he's up to it. I think it was absolutely, it was a great loan for him, that Middlesbrough loan. And Preston the year before, like you said, he mm. did really well then. And any team in the Championship would have wanted to have taken him on loan in the second half of of the season. I know QPR fans, they were desperate, so to, desperate. To, to, sign, to, to sign Cameron Archer. <laughs> so they've got him coming back. They've got Aaron Ramsey, who's Jacob Ramsey's brother, who was also at Middlesbrough coming back and a rogue with them as well who you will have seen at yeah. QPR you know you give those players games in the Europa Conference League yeah, they're getting high level minutes in the in the system and they're coming off the bench in the Premier League and the other Cups Eric think- Boonham's uh, the amount of tweets I got over the season people saying can you do a video on, on Eric Boonham really? we'll talk about him yeah and I sort of didn't because <laughs> um, I, I was upset because we weren't doing very well but now's the time Villa fans because I think hit the potential of this lad is it? Phew. It looks like a proper midfield player. Wow! Doesn't it? Like obviously, it was a um, a heartbreaking season last season for QPR. So disappointing. But in and we're going to talk about maybe we'll get on to Beal as well. If you haven't realised on the ripple effect, I go on tangents because like, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to talk about the thing I'm curious about. So forgive me when I do that. 
so he came in obviously with Beal, and Beal got us playing really, really well. Yeah, and in exactly the style uh, that Aston Villa had had some good moments in the sort of six months that those two were there together when he was with Gerard, and Tim at that point was sort of he was he's so nonchalant, like he's got the sort of I'm trying to think he's kind of like got a bit of a Yaya Torre vibe, but. And he played for us. He played as a six at times, but initially couldn't be trusted there. He'd play a sort of nonchalant pass, get caught out, and then we'd be in trouble. He then sort of went and played kind of as a as an eight and sort of glided about and was good. And I think that suited him a little bit better. There wasn't the, the same responsibility on him to to sort of totally take care of the ball all the time, but he could go and find spaces and, and was good. And then sort of near the end of the season, we actually played him as a 10 at one point. Um, under Ainsworth, different kind of football, obviously. Um, and he was sort of looking to press and you saw a, a different kind of energy from him. And he looked really exciting there. Overall, he he never utterly dominated a game of football. So he is so he's still so green. But there were sparks and moments where, you know, like in a good car, you put your foot down and it goes and it just goes past something. He's like that like there are moments where he'd get on the ball and through his first touch and those long legs he would just take four players out of the game yeah like there's such talent there I'm intrigued to see if he's got and I think it will come I think it will inevitably come in terms of his experience and focus because you don't want to lose the player that he is because he's incredibly composed like you know I don't want to say baller but like he's got that style about him when he sort of walks around the, the streets i'll never forget that kind of player sort of because it's what's interesting his his interview when he came to us was he was like i love defending and then he watched it and like do you <laughs> like he didn't seem that bothered we, we had the but we had it we were a sort of possession-based team at the sort of start of it so getting to the point i think he has got such a future and often as a qpr fan you see players and you go i think i think Beal could easily manage england i think he's i think he's that good i think he's got that charisma it's obviously a huge season for him at rangers he'll then need to sort of um, make that move to premier league like brendan rogers did and and or gerard did and needs to work but he's i feel like he has the tools to be an unbelievable manager ira boonham is exactly the same i could easily see him play for england yeah. but but how has he got the has he got the work rate to play for Villa right now? I'm not sure. He's coming into a, a competitive area of Villa's team. So yeah. under Gerrard, I would have said central midfield was the weakest area. But that's because he couldn't set them up properly. I mean, the but, turnaround Douglas Louise yeah. just been to be fair to, to be fair to Louise, he just has never, ever been used in his proper position. Like, he's always used as a lone six, a pivot yeah. on his own, and that's just not him. Right. But now you put him in a double pivot with Kamara and give him a little bit of licence to come forward as well, because Kamara's so good. It's it's a dream partnership in mm. there. And then, you know, Tillemans has come in. And obviously, you're going to play different players with different games. But well, it's not, it's does not he yet. fit? Well, he'll play instead of... So who's going to get dropped? Well, I just presume Douglas Louise won't play every game and Tillemans will play there. And then if Kamara's not not fit, you know, Louise drops into that role. And you've got a lot of games, got, I get it. Yeah, McGinn, yeah. you know, the multifunctional thing, as I've said to you, is yeah. so, so very important. You know, McGinn comes in and he's that, that kind of fourth central midfielder because predominantly I think he'll play from the right for Villa mm. this season. Jacob Ramsey could play there at a push as well. But then you've got Tim ready to... Ready to come in as another option. I think he'll get he'll get minutes, and I just Do go. You? I just I'm go because sure. if you've got so many, if you if you're going well in four competitions, which is what Villa will want to do, right? You need as many players as you can get. 
It's a multifunctional aspect takes the squad size down a bit. So those players, those youth players, are, g- are going to get minutes. And I just look at how Unai Emery improved every single player in that in that Villa team. You're talking about the things in his game that aren't quite there. I think they, I think they will come, and I think Emery yes. might be the guy to come. I just wonder. I think there's game time. Like he got so much better from the start, and I could see it. Like the first couple of games, I was like, he just needs 40 games with us, and he sort of didn't totally get that. I just think. I wonder if there's a, and I don't know how regular that is. Maybe Kai can help me with this one a little bit. In terms of loan signings, can you do a loan signings just to January these days? Do people really want to be looking at those kind of loan moves or do they just want them for the whole season? A lot of people, they put a recall option in there. So you you sign them up for the, the season, but then the team, the Premier League team would have an option to bring them back yeah. depending on how their season's going. And they made the decision on whether it's better for the player to stay where they are yeah. or to come back because they've made a good... Right. Like Harvey Barnes, when he was at West Brom, was right. flying in the championship, yeah. flying in the championship, wasn't he? Mm. And then uh, I think Leicester called him back. Because I think there's a, there's a move there. Like if you put the recall in there, like go and give give him the minutes and see if you did actually need that him as a body. And like I could see him at, I could, I could see him at a lower Premier League team. But I think he might frustrate a few. You could see him at Luton, you know, maybe having a bit of fun there. But you could also see him at like Norwich next year. I, I was watching um, Villa on tour, and I think they said. They might have put that forward, so I don't want to steal that one. But that, yeah, Norwich City, like, or a, you know, a top half championship team, keep getting those minutes. I think he actually probably needs a bit more of a push than that. It'd be interesting to see if a Premier League team would kind of want him. I think that I'm not sure they'd take the gamble. That's why I kind of say a team like Luton might might give him that chance, but they don't really play his style either. You want your so he's in an awkward to go position somewhere to... stable, don't you? Like so, QPR the first half of the season, that's the perfect environment yes, for him. Yes. Second half of the season, when it's all got a little bit messy, it's it, such a shame for him because it's I, hard, isn't yeah, it? Such a shame for him, like that he didn't stay there. It would have been, do you know, or maybe I wouldn't be surprised to say Burnley fancied him. Like in terms of like Rangers, that sort of ball. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah. There's just I I I fear that he's not going to get enough minutes. And, and you could say the same about Archer, but I think Archer's different. I think you bring him in, let him be the backup, give him those Conference League games, save Watkins for the other ones. Duran on loan. Like, have you seen any of him? Yeah, he's come on a few times. Looks, he's got something. He's definitely got something, John Duran. But he's a bit raw. I would say he's not played many high-level football matches. Right. Like uh, when I keep mentioning Villa only having one senior striker, people keep having a go at me and saying, "I've oh, got John Duran," but I wouldn't class him twice. Duran Duran. He's not. He's not a senior striker. You know, he's played in the M- he's played in the MLS. Yeah, and not even played a load of games there. Well, that's because I think with some of these picks as well, like say the La, La Liga picks. Say even Nico Williams. It's easy to say from afar. Oh, he's better than Leon Bailey. You don't know these things until you get them into the Premier League. Yeah. Do you know that, what I mean? Could be, people, when we got bought Bertrand Traore back, people were like, oh, thank God, he'll play in, instead of Bailey. But equally as frustrating as Bailey. Right. He's got a couple of couple of great goals, really important goals, actually, in the in the running for, for Villa as, as a substitute. But you know, Bailey is a frustrating player. But you know, if you looked at his numbers now, you'd look at them and say, he's had a good season there. Right. But when you watch him every week, he play, plays well, maybe one in ten. Really, and then for those other nine, he's anonymous. Is that what is that then? Is that decision making skill? Confidence has taken a bit of a, a hit. I think. I think when I watched him in the Bundesliga, I always thought he's a confident guy. Right. I, mean, I didn't watch him every week, obviously, but mm. he'd, he'd be scoring goals. And you, again, you look at his output, and I thought his numbers aren't far off Kingsley Coman at Bayern. There, so yeah, this is a great signing. Yeah. For Villa, but he just, he's had injuries, and it just hasn't hasn't really worked so, so far for him. But I think Emery seems to like him. 
So you know, you trust you trust the process. You trust what the what the what the manager wants, and that's what Villa fans are doing with Unai Emery at the moment. But he needs someone to come in and compete with him for a place in the side. Like, I wouldn't want to see him starting every week at the moment. Yeah. For those who don't know how Villa play, can you attempt to explain? how the team's kind of set up, sort of paint a bit of a picture for them. Leeds United's relegation benefits Luton Town's transfer dealing. There have been recent murmurings that Villa have Brennan Johnson on their minds. Pau Torres is outrageous how good, how good he is. He's going to go on and be one of the best in the world at centre-back. For those who don't know how Villa play, can you attempt to explain how the team's kind of set up, sort of paint a bit of a picture for them? I've done this before and come absolute a cropper live on the radio. I explained it absolutely terribly on TalkSport <laughs> when, I, when I was asked about <laughs> it. Yeah, it was horrendous. We'll try and do it together. Okay. Come on. So Villa play and off, off the ball, it's 4-4-2. Emery does these subtle tweets. So there was a Spurs away game at the start of his tenure where the winger was actually dro- the wingers were actually dropping in and the fullbacks were moving inside. So off the ball, we were actually defending with a back six right. at the time. But it worked. We won that we won that game too, and it was one of the most fascinating games I think I've I think I've ever watched. But Villa pretty much it's hard it's hard to define it and explain it properly. But off the ball, let's say they're they're a four four two. Yeah. When they've got the ball, the left back since Moreno came in is so high. He's offering the width. And then the right back, who was actually Ashley Young for most of the season because Cash had a few injuries, he'd come inside and you, you kind of get more of a more of a back throw. Your left back's so really asymmetric back four, yeah. the old elbow back four. Yeah, one of your one of your number sixes sits sits in and doesn't move. Louise had a bit more license to, to, to go forward. And then the wide players on the left largely was Jacob Ramsey, mm-hmm. who had an excellent right, end to the season. Left this yeah, was Jacob sorry. Ramsey was on the left, had an excellent end to the season. Yeah. I actually think that's his best position because I think it, it suits he's very, very good at driving with the yeah. ball and close control. He's he, got that glide as well. Yeah, yeah lovely just, glide. Yeah, yeah. Good finisher nice as glide. well. <laughs> good finisher as well, Jack Ray. And then McGinn's playing on the right. And McGinn was having a torrid time under Steven Gerrard. Gerrard threw him under the bus, made him captain when he wasn't in good form and he just really, really suffered. But I think he's probably the first name on the team sheet. It's amazing the turnaround with him. Yeah, like, just had a new contract. Yeah. So he's playing from the right. But those two wider midfielders, they come into the centre and kind of make a box with the with the two strikers when you're attacking. And Villa have scored a lot of goals from cutbacks under Unai Emery. I think if you analyse the goals Villa have scored under Unai Emery, I reckon half of them have come from from pullbacks. Be interesting to see Moreno's FPL um, price this yeah, year. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, be well. He's injured at the moment, annoyingly. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. So he's probably going to miss the start. The price, he's going to miss the start of the season. So that's Villa players. So the, the two strikers, for example, one of them's Watkins, who's told to stay very, very central. Don't make runs out wide. Save your running for in the middle, and you work for in the penalty area. And, it's, and that has so worked. he's not making those channel runs like he previously. Not really, and you know his goal output under Emery. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's worked, Phenomenal. hasn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been great. And then the second striker that plays with him tends to vary. Sometimes it's Bailey. It's been McGinn to, towards the end of the season. And Villa need to get someone along, up alongside Watkins, really. And then if they get a proper centre-forward, I think you will see Watkins being the one that moves into the channels a, li- a little bit more. But he right. wants his one centre-forward. So what about that right-hand his... side, then? In terms of, so that, that are you, I think a lot of the time, you're basically utilising the energy of McGinn. Yeah to sort of maybe have that starting point and certainly without the ball be a bit more central, but then get get over to that right-hand side to give you that yeah. balance, right? But then you need different options, don't you? And you need different types of players. So Villa probably still need a, 
someone who's going to offer a bit of width on that side in, in in certain games, and maybe that's where Nico Williams was 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 being looked at. And they've played Bailey and Traore in that position at times. Buendia sometimes played there when they've got a more one more and more creative. Actually. So, although I'm saying McGinn's the first name on the team sheet, McGinn could literally play in in Emery's team in about six positions. Really well, yeah. Okay, right. We'll be very quick with this first one. Keeper, backup keeper, boring. Anyone? Yeah. Please. Begovic has been linked with. Yeah, I think he will be someone like that with Premier League experience. Olsen's not good enough, unfortunately. He he can't do anything that a modern day keeper should be able to do. Bring back Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel, he's probably he's probably still decent. Probably still got it. In fairness, still got it. probably still yeah. Great goalkeeper for you. Yeah, but Villanade, Villanade backup keeper. Any chance you sell Martinez? No. Well, I say no. If someone came in with stupid money. He would probably be sold, but there How isn't. How old is he? Twenty nine, thirty. There's nowhere for him to go at the, at the moment, and he'd be too expensive. I mean, Manchester United are battling with the ownership thing, and teams are having to look at financial fair play. There's no obvious place for Martinez to go. You could have said Tottenham or Chelsea. Villa are actually in Europe, and neither of those two teams are. So I think he realizes he's in probably the right place at the moment. Contracted to twenty twenty seven. He's got a big contract. I think in the next few years you might see him going. I know. I think there's been some contingency planning behind the scenes for what would happen when um, when Martinez does go. Marmadash Valley. At, I don't know if I've said that yeah. right. He's been he's been mentioned for the Valencia goalkeeper, 22, yeah. absolute beast, built like Thibaut Courtois, right. essentially, isn't he? He's been linked as perhaps a, a contingency that the Villa might look at and someone that Villa scouts are, are looking at. But Martinez, I don't think will go. Everything that he said leads me to believe that he'll stay and he's an elite goalkeeper. Yeah, I think yeah, the story's not there done there, is it? Like you've kind of had that next stage for him, he can go and enjoy that one. I could imagine him kicking up a fuss next summer. If a Champions League team came in for him, he'd have a kind decision to make. It, yeah. But I don't think that market's there for him at the moment. And the teams from abroad they but, can't they can't come and take players from the yeah. Premier League. They just can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is uh, that's why you've got to be careful with your recruitment as well, because you there's not many options to get your money back apart from the get out of jail card. Yeah. From Saudi Arabia. Right back. Uh, thoughts on Matty Cash? Write him. Yeah. Write him. He, he was one that actually really struggled when Emery first came in. He couldn't really get to grips with what Emery wanted. He had a little bit of a spell out of the team, and then he came back in, and he just got he got it. It took him some time, but he, but he got there, and he worked hard to get to where he needed to be. But you know, you, you need two players. You can't. And Villa, Ashley Young played a lot of football for Villa last season, yeah. and he's not there anymore. Yeah. I was surprised at that. So they, they're obviously, you'd think if he's gone... They're going to look at the right back. And Tyler Adams is someone that's been mentioned a lot recently. Again, the multifunctional thing can play in a couple of different positions. He's played football for Leipzig at, at right back. If you think modern day fullbacks now, a lot of teams are trying to play in that way where they, they come inside and end up as a uh, midfielder. Could, be your inverted could he moment? could he do that job? He's someone that's been linked. I know he's been reported in the Athletic we, quite heavily. Right. We were looking at options for sort of, yeah, an in, that inverted centre back because it's kind of there's not like a list of those people because you actually a lot of those players you've got to kind of like turn them into that yeah a couple of names we were sort of chucking out there was well Laporte you've been linked with obviously he's on the left hand side so it's a bit different Trevor Chalaber was maybe another option quite multifunctional in terms of somebody's played as a wing back as a centre back yeah I've, I've maybe never not been that, massively not a midfielder. impressed by him to yeah be but Tyler Adams I, like that. I, I, I get it like in terms of and obviously you know he can play midfield which is a good shout got a little ripple for you uh, Leeds United's relegation benefits Luton Town's transfer dealings. Got so Villa it. are rumoured to be interested in Tyler Adams. So this could mean that both the marvellous Nakamba and Leander Dendonka leave the club. Nakamba could be available for a cheap fee if this is the case and could go back to Luton. He was there on loan last year, did brilliantly. 
Dendonka could go anywhere, on the other hand, despite only signing for Villa last summer. So, you know, where could Dendonka go? I think he's sort of steady Dendonka, isn't he? Again, he's another player, right, who he he didn't play for months. And then against Newcastle, and this speaks volumes for what Unai Emery does, massive game against Newcastle at home. Newcastle won five in a row at the, at the time. Villa blew them away. I think Newcastle fans would say we were the best team that they played this season. We beat them 3-0, but Dendonka played that game. Mm. He hadn't played for months and just seamlessly fitted in like he'd been playing there every week for the for the whole season. And that's that's just the other thing about Emery. Players come in and everyone just looks comfortable and that everyone is got so drilled because they've had so much video analysis and so much training through the week. Everyone knows exactly what their job is. There's no excuse not to perform. Do you think there's any chance that players get exhausted by that? Because that is the one thing the I have read games. about him. Yeah, the extra is that when games. you've got Europe and that, and the detail, like if he could sort of break one or two, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I do a Villa podcast with uh, uh, a journalist. Ooh, plug who, it, plug it, Dan. Who, plug uh, it. It's called eighteen seventy four. So it's with the good. with the Athletics Aston Villa journalist Greg Evans. He's not a Villa fan. So he looks at things in a different way to how I will look yeah, at yeah, Like sure. I'm just buzzing about everything be, yeah, yeah, at, at the moment, whereas he'll take a bit more of an analytical approach towards things. And he says, you know, that is maybe one concern that Villa should have. You know, they've all they've all been on a journey this season, haven't they? And these long these long sessions have obviously paid dividends because Villa have ended up getting into into Europe. It's if they start to lose a few games and things start to go not well. How sustainable are those long video sessions? How sustainable is all that meticulous work? Because players will switch off. Yeah. At the moment, the belief's there, isn't it? And hopefully that stays for the, for the long term. Do you know what I was just thinking there? It's, it's a bit like the problem at the end of a season is like you guys climbed a mountain there and it was like, come on, keep going, keep going. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. You got there. You got to the, like, the mountaintop. And then the season ends. And then when the new season comes... So if it, like the other side of it, say Everton, they were just going, <laughs> you're going down a mountain. They're going, oh, sh- like, are we going to be all right here? But you got to the bottom. And when the new season comes, like you guys are sort of Everton fans are kind of looking and going, okay, right, we're okay to start again because at least we're not going backwards anymore. Whereas Aston Villa, you've got a kind of there's this like new peak, and it takes a new sort of level of energy, I think. And I, I just think that is always something to kind of keep in mind. Like Liverpool, I think Liverpool had such, you know, they were climbing such an impressive mountain. I'm staying with this analogy. And they didn't kind of get to the mountaintop right at the end of it. And then they saw another peak to go again. And they just like to have the stomach for the fight, I think. I'm not doubting that professional footballers have that, that stomach, but to have it all flowing, to have that state of flow that Villa have, that is going to be something for like, if he can recreate it and retain it, I think it's just going to be so impressive. I think you made a good point there within what, within what you said. In about, a terrible about, analogy. About, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> it was shocking. In, in, in the mountain. I thought I had it. No, no, made, it, but you have made, it, right. you've made a point that, should prove what I'm, what I'm about to say. So you say Villa got to where they wanted to be on their mountain so they could kick on and continue. Now with that, Liverpool, you know, they were going to win everything, weren't they? They got to the top of the mountain and they fell off. They, did, they, they didn't get to where they needed to be. And it, mentally, yeah. it must have been so hard to go again after after coming so close and not achieving what you wanted to achieve. Kind of, so do you see what I mean? Where Liverpool got there, At fell least off. you got there. So it was hard. It's then harder to kick on. Yeah, yeah. For Villa, it should be more of, we're in a we good place. Achieve. We we got You're where right. we go. You're Let's right. go to the next You're point right. now. I'm excited about this next mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, right back. You like to see Tyler Adams? I like that. I actually like that. Now we've spoken about it. I wasn't sure what you kind of meant, but I think that is a good shout. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there's. I don't see where there. the other one comes from. It sounds like Liveramento's going to go to Newcastle, Newcastle which I'm yeah. surprised at because which was in a JLA video, wasn't it? Where was it? It yeah. was. Um, Centre back, Pau Torres. Yeah, is that seems of, to be the one. one. Talk to me about Mings. 
because I remember chatting to you about him when we did Sky Sports News together, and everyone's kind of like, oh, he's... It was when the whole thing was happening with Gerard. No, Nabaid does an auditorium. Is he's always having a pop at me about Torrey? Right. Yeah. And uh, you were, you know, you sort of stuck by him there, and he went on to have a really, you know, good solid season. If you sort of bring in a, another quality centre back, who is the person that kind of makes way? This you? is the bit like Paul Torres is an unbelievable footballer. Like, and they say Diogo Carlos to come yeah, back as well, right? Yeah, Carlos, you never know, but he's thirty. Is, is he going to be the same player after such a bad injury? But he he was brought in initially because he could play right centre back or left centre back. So whichever one of Conte or Mings wasn't playing well, they're out of the team. Right. You got to win. You got to win your place back, and it's great to have that That's competition. Good. But that didn't happen because Carlos Carlos got injured. We love a bit of multifunction <laughs> on the, on this podcast. But Paul Torres coming in, obviously he's left footed. Mings has just signed a new contract. Pau Torres is outrageous how good, how good he is. He's going to go on and be one of the best in the world at centre-back, I think. Sorry, yeah, go on, carry on. I just remembered another player would be good for you. But go he's on. in... He did a bit of a, a, a Jamie Carragher tear. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're watching on Spotify, you can watch the podcast <laughs> yeah. on Spotify. I had a little Jamie Carragher tear on moment. <laughs> really, That's obscene, that re- is. Really, really enjoyed it, by the way. Single at the moment, <laughs> so not, not been much going on. Um, but yeah, so Tara Mings is, was so good. I can't tell you how good he was in the second half of the season under under Emery. Just, just did everything you want a modern day centre half to do. And I know people laugh at him and, and some people do roll their eyes about Tyrone Mings. Don't I, they? Honestly, can't tell you how how good he was. For me, second to John Stones is the best English centre back wow. form wise at the moment. He was brilliant. So Paul Torres coming in, I'm confused about because he's left he's left footed. So you would think not both of them are gonna are gonna play unless Emery's gonna come up with something really really clever. Yeah. So that you've got to have options, and you want different players for for different games. You know, it's a weird one with the left left footers, because if you play them right centre half, everyone's like, "Oh, it's uncomfortable. You can't you can't do that." <laughs> but if a right footer's playing yeah, left centre back, it, like you? John Terry did for his whole career, right. no one ever says anything. Yeah. But the left footer playing there always seems to be a, be a massive problem. But Paul Torres, if you just like I've, I've watched him play a few times with Villarreal, you know, he's been really good there. Yeah. I just stuck on his compilation last night to have a look, have a look at him on YouTube. It's Outrageous. Really good. Such a great signing. Can go again. The, the player that I was talking about was um, Juan Foyf. Yeah, he was one I thought initially because said the centre back, right back thing. That's yeah. the other thing. Villa might not sign a right back. Can't you might see concert play games at right back because the centre half tucks in. Is it, would it be silly to, you know, if you've got three good centre backs, hopefully, to sort of. Kind of not waste your time, but like you know, not use that budget on that on a right back. Is the right which one's more of a priority so, for you? The budget's so big, isn't it? Yeah, they should be fixing both. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, uh, wing uh, winger slash striker. So Nico Williams, we've spoken about uh, a little bit, and so he's the target, but it's going to be hard to get him out. Bill Bow, you're saying he's said no a couple of times. So it's the Basque thing with Bill Bow, isn't it? Yeah. Like players are fiercely loyal. It's very it's fantastic, difficult. Really. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a, a Bilbao player who'd be an option as well. Um, we'll give you that in a second. But uh, Harvey Barnes, I think Harvey Barnes stinks of Aston It's kind of the sensible me. one, isn't it? It's the sensible yeah. signing amongst it. Yeah, and he, on, his, on his tour of the Midlands, yeah. he's sort of, sort of made his way. I know, I know people get annoyed about certain... I don't know if Leicester and all of them aren't Midlands. Feels like Midlands to me. West Brom, Leicester, Villa. It's the Easter Midlands. Yeah, close yeah. enough. He loves a goal against Villa as well, Harvey Barnes. Left-sided, though. Yeah, but... I would like Masai McGinn's a central midfielder playing wide. Like, just, I think players can do anything yeah. and, and, under Emre. He might switch things around a bit, a bit in the like McGinn plays from the left and then, no, sorry, uh, Ramsey moves over to the right. And then, you know, you don't, have to take McGinn you don't out. McGinn, yeah, you're going to have rotation. There's going to, you need different options. Villa need a bit of pace in the team. 
It's not the quickest football team. That's probably you, why Moreno had such you, an impact. Yeah, and he, you know he's rapid, he's quick, really good technically as well. So he did transform Villa. It just doesn't feel a very Emery signing, Harvey Barnes, but it feels like if you were to pick a sensible signing, yeah, if you wanted a wide player, he would probably be the one. I think, yeah. He's going to go somewhere like West Ham, him, though. Him being local is a good shout. As well. you know, that sort of settling down period. He knows, you know he's good in the Premier. He had actually had a really strong season last season. His numbers, well. again, his yeah. output was great. Uh, it says of Nico Williams, so him not going to Villa could relegate Nor- uh, Nottingham Forest. Or okay. could see Morgan Gibbs-White become the next Gazza. I love Morgan Gibbs-White, by the way. Oh, Such yeah. a good player. Do I, this, do I love... You know when he like did the pressed and then won the ball back and it just gave yeah. away a throw on but then screamed to the crowd yeah he loved Love that. that because what we've got to be careful here is there's so many players these days in all sports seeing in the cricket as well going to the doing the sort of get up the crowd thing which i get off on emmy, Martin, emmy martinez does it all the time right and I'm, I'm okay with it but i need i need the right level of passion from you throughout the game and in that moment we had ethan laird who we would do that a lot and you're like, ah! and then he'd smile at someone. <laughs> like, you're, you're spoiling it. I need the intensity. Morgan Gibbs White provided that. Anyway, uh, so there have been recent murmurings that Villa have Brennan Johnson on their minds. So in terms of a player, sort of wide player, can yeah. play second striker, can play wide right as well. Um, he's been linked. But Forrest wants 60 million for him. If Forrest secure 60 million for Johnson, not only would it be pretty outrageous, but it could also be sort of destabilising for the club. Forrest went berserk in the last summer window. I don't think they'll do the same this time, although there will be moves. And took time to settle with their new squad. And actually, he was the, probably the most important player of all of them. Um, yeah. But having another 60 million to spend could see them go wild again. I mean, we have seen that previously. And again, I know Forest fans, they had to make a lot of the changes and go back to square one. But again, any kind of too much change again, I think could be dangerous for them. On the other side, uh, the team would be solely built around Morgan Gibbs-White rather than him and Johnson. Morgan Gibbs-White showed towards the end of last season that he's a great player. And if Johnson leaves Forrest, he will likely build the team around him and get the best from him. Kai wrote this one. Not having it. I'm not having it with the Gibbs-White bit. Could relegate them. Could relegate them. But I think, I think they're going to build a team around Gibbs-White regardless. He's got a good relationship with Cooper as well. Yeah. They work together at England. Come on, youth, Kai, youth come on. Level, you know, either defend yourself or or take the take uh, the hit. Brendan's one of them though. Yeah. If you had to if it I know they like both, but if I can't see a world where they can pick it's like picking between two of your kids. What, for, uh, for uh, what in terms of how you build a team? Yeah, I think But don't they don't they facilitate each other? Yes and no. That's a good front three, isn't it? A what I want you. Um Gibbs White and Johnson. That's, yeah, which is why I can that's understand why they, why they, why they stayed up. Yeah, but I think Brendan Johnson's goals was a huge, huge part. That, his finishing ability. Like, if you could get him, that would be that would be a, quite an underrated signing. That I think the oh, world would kind of like go, okay, oh, oh, I think they maybe there'll be a lot of oh, you've spent too much for. He's for a him. little bit raw still, isn't he? He's not the finished artist. I think Villa at the moment needs to bring I think in players. He's got real composure. No, I think though. he's brilliant. I, do, I think for him personally, he's better off staying at Forest at the moment. Right, but. Villa, I think Villa need players who can come in in a, a not dead cert. I don't don't mean it like that, but you know the the finished article. I think Villa need yeah. a couple of players in the attacking positions that are the finished article because they're too reliant on Watkins' goals at the moment. 
They need someone. They need people around that are going to guarantee output. I know there's no guarantee. I think I think he's, he's just, scary for Look, if we signed him, would would I be happy? Yes, absolutely. But I think players jump ship too soon from clubs all the time. And you could do a podcast on that. And he players left clubs Ooh, too early. Joy, there is loads. And if they, I think if he left Forest now, he'd be one of those. That's such a great question, guys. Again, tweet me. Player left too soon. Well, players that make the you know you might you might have already done this. Players that make the wrong move. Yeah, Ben Teco, for example, when he went to Liverpool, had to killed, go, didn't he? Killed his career though. Yep. Really? Yeah. No, well, he's so he, decent. He forgot how to score goals. Yeah. Crazy. Jack. He was well. so good, Ben Teke. So he, good. People were like he's one in two. At that's another podcast as well. Where you got to go. No, I need you to understand how. Like you're trying to do with Tyra Mings. I'm actually, as you're saying it to you, I'm just kind of struggling to to like take it in. But I, I, you'd, you'd, I, I you'd, back ha- you. You'd have to you'd sit watch... and watch ninety yeah, minutes, yeah. not every Villa game. The ben Teke was outrageous. That was a smart move from Liverpool at the time. It just did not, for some reason, didn't. Didn't, didn't, didn't suit the style of football. But Villa were just all crosses, so he scored one in two because all Villa were doing every game was playing to his strengths. Liverpool yeah. never did that. So who would you like at on that sort of winger striker position? It's a terrible answer, but I'm okay with whatever Unai Emery does. Right. You I put try, forward a Docker, which I quite like. Just a player that I've, I've always liked. I remember there was an international tournament. It must have been... Which word which, which would that have been? I think it was 2018. Yeah. I want to say. He, yeah, I, I feel he like did, he came fine. and he made me just take notice of him. And he, I like, What I like about him is he's, he's like unpredictable in a good way. He's both-footed. If you look at his goals last season... Right foot, left foot. I actually think the French league is the most similar to the Premier League. That's interesting. In terms of how frenetic it is, it's fast, the French league. A lot of transitional play in the French league. So I feel like players that come from France don't take as much time to get up to speed as maybe players from other countries. Although he's quite raw as well and not the finished article. He's just a player I really like. I think his composure went up a level last last season. And he was just a name I threw out there. There's no yeah. links to him whatsoever. He played 29 games last year, six goals. The one thing I would like, what's the diff? What's the difference between him and Leon? I think there's there's still a player there with Leon Bailey. I think that's the thing I'm trying to get. I at. don't know whether the injuries the season before the one just gone made him lose a yard of pace. Bailey, really? he doesn't feel as, as as quick as I thought he was. I was really searching for a clever word there, and yeah. I came up with quick. Do you want? Know yeah, there's and Chuck Wazy been linked with as well. Again? We're going to be linked with every player that's played for Villarreal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, definitely. Rightly so, because it's, it's a good fit. Centre forward. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so here's a ripple effect for you. Marcus Turam going to Inter. Yes. Will be the biggest Aston Villa transfer ripple this summer. So Marcus Turam going to Inter could mean one of two things. And we've got three options for you here. Either he's seen as a Dzeko replacement or he's a Lukaku replacement. And Dzeko's gone. He's just gone to Fenerbahce, I think. Fenerbahce, yeah. Two years. Two years. Two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, well. he never had pace. He's like sharing them, isn't he? Even if he's a Jekka replacement, he would likely take away a lot of game time from Lukaku if he wanted to go to Inter. So option one, Inter go all out for Lukaku, but have to sell big assets to facilitate the yeah. funds for it. Brozovic looks like he's going to Al-Nazir. Barella has been linked with Newcastle. Looks unlikely. Goosens is linked with Union Berlin. Bastoni uh, still yet to agree in a new deal. I mean, that. <laughs> Imagine, I mean, he's on the left-hand side, but... One hell of a sign. You can go get Bastoni. I can't see it happening. Um, if Inter uh, want Lukaku, it could mean loads of bargains could be up for grabs this summer. Option two, Inter turn down the chance to sign Lukaku and Villa emerge as the only club willing to give him the wages. This move potentially would take away from some flexibility for Aston Villa. Or maybe provide a little bit more. You can spin it both ways. 
they can alternate between 4-2-3-1, 4-4-2, but also mean that Ollie Watkins can play on the shoulder with no hold-up requirements, despite being good at it. With Lukaku being 30, would this be a gamble for Aston Villa? They'd need a replacement in about two years if they went down this road and went and got him uh, to be able to get a good replacement. They need to be, and they need to be moving in the positive direction. And if Lukaku flops and Villa regressed down the table, it makes it very hard for them to rebuild with the wages that he's going to take up. Or, special option three, Lukaku goes to Milan instead. So he could go to Inter, could go to Villa, could go to AC Milan as well and becomes the ultimate football troll. If he's a success, then he'll be loved. But if he fails, he could be hated by both sides of Milan and Chelsea and and become even more of a meme. If he isn't a success, it may open the door for Luis Openda to take up the striker position for Belgium. That could drive a move for himself in the future, and maybe even as Ollie Watkins' replacement in the future. It's come back full circle. So talk to me about Lukaku. Are you living in a world where... Lukaku to Villa is a good signing. So I don't know whether you would have even would you have if I hadn't have messaged you my notes yesterday. Would you would you that have been something you'd have would have been on your radar anyway if I hadn't have mentioned it? I, I knew of it. Yeah. yeah, I knew of it. Um, would I put it forward myself? I'm not going to answer that yet. Uh, yeah. What would you? How do you feel about Big Rom? Obviously, I speak to a lot a lot of people in in football and a lot of people who've got close links to Villa and and know what's going on and Lukaku's a name that's just come up a few, a few times as as being on Emery's list now I'm not you know that doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen or anything like that but do they carry around the list is the list on paper is it on their phone yeah. where is this list but is it in the cloud i think there's something in i'm not saying Villa are going to do it but i definitely think he's of interest to Villa now Chelsea are going to Chelsea will get rid of him won't they one way or another. Uh, well, Chelsea are desperate to get rid of him. Yeah, one way or another. Again, it comes back to there's something about it I quite like. I think he's got something to prove, especially in the in the Premier League. I think when was his best? When was his best spell? Probably Everton. Everton and West Brom, yeah. Everton were probably in a similar position to what where Villa are now. Let's say at sure. that point when he was playing his when he was playing his his best football. Again, Emery, I just think. Whoever we sign, I would just back Emery to get to get the best out out of them. He, at the end of the day, he he is an he is an elite striker. I would say, look, maybe maybe a level below elite, but he's just, a he's a class striker. Lukaku on his day. We did we did a podcast with uh, Nima from the Italian Football Podcast. Nima's fantastic in that podcast. Go and listen to it because we talk about just generally Serie A and, and where they're at as a league. Because people were talking about the resurrection of them when they were getting into the semi-finals and finals. And he's an Inter fan. And we're asking about Lukaku. And he made such a great point about, and I hadn't thought about it. It's like, you know, he is a big guy. And he's been playing since he was like 16, men's football. And that is going to sort of hurt you a little bit. I also, to this day, am somewhat confused about him as a player. Like, he's not a target man. No. Kai, was he a target man at Everton? Or or people wanted him to be one? He was a lot more trim at Everton. We tried to play it to his feet, but you could always see he was just better in behind. Better facing goal, right? Yeah, definitely. So with that in mind, that's what I just can't... You've got a depreciating asset. You've got an asset that's incredibly expensive. And you've got one that's not... Again, if we kind of copy and paste the sort of Villarreal idea to Villa, someone like Moreno was like really good, you know, holding up the ball, bringing in players into play. Like Lukaku's kind of not that for me. Like, but if you've got Watkins alongside him, well, 
This is another interesting one. So, and I, I would take this as, as pretty much as gospel, actually, from the people I've, I've spoke to about it. So Villa were signing Tammy Abraham. That deal had progressed quite far right. to the point where, from what I've heard, that was happening. It was done. And that makes complete sense. Yeah, he's, to been, there, he's been there before. You know, he's the right, well. the right kind of strike. Villa fans love him. Yeah, great character. Pyro, I think, still got another level to go in, in his game as well. A bit of an off-season, but the season before for Roma, he was, he was electric, mm. Tammy Abraham. And a target man, but mobile enough. Yeah, but he's picked up this injury. Oh, it's horrible, just, it's just scuppered everything. Yeah. So back to the drawing board and a striker. But I also know that how Villa's pushed really hard for Asensio, who ended up going to to, to PSG. Is he the, like is he the type either. of forward player that, that Emery wants? I'm... I'm if we'd agreed to sign Abraham, it would have been on, on Emery Sina. So maybe he wants that type of player and the Asensio type of player as, as well to, to come in and have those different options. But I'm not quite sure what Villa want there at the moment because when Watkins has done so well as well, and you know, again, some games you'd have Watkins on the bench, do you want to take him away from the position where he's been doing so well of being that main man up front and... Being playing close to goal and not going on these channel runs and stuff. Do you want to take that away from him when he's just done so well? I don't think. I think Watkins, in terms of Premier League strikers, is right up there. I don't think Villa fans realised what what we'd got. He's got double figures three seasons in a row. Yeah. Last in the season before last, we were not a good side. So, you know, his output is there for everyone to see. Ollie Watkins. That's it. It's tough. Like you've got to be clever with the. You know, yes, you've got money to spend, but do you want to spend it? Let's go to Twitter quickly before I put forward some of the other options. And actually, I nearly did the knee touch. I'm doing it. Don't mind Another it. knee touch. Don't mind it. Um, <laughs> because well, by way, me and Kai on the train here, we were going. We were talking about this inverted fullback thing, and then we were like, we realised the answer is the answer is what? Kai? It's always one percent. The answer is always Aaron Wan Bissaka. Right, he's not related to Man is but people were saying, oh, he could play as a right-sided centre-back. It'd be unbelievable as well. Oh, he's got Man United right need the money right. from him as well. Yeah, but then... The I'd, answer is always... Aaron but Martin. then they'd have, to, they'd have to sign a right-back, wouldn't they? And I, don't, I think they've got other priorities at the moment that they right. need their money for. If they sold Wan-Bissaka and then had to buy another right-back, kind of defeats the point of it. Okay. They, need to, they need to gazump Newcastle and go get Livermento then. So, right, Twitter, here we go. A lot of people saying Pal Torres. Yep. Ooh. Oh no! I think someone. I thought someone said Raheem Sterling. Interesting. Uh, oh, Raheem Sterling. I've always liked Raheem Sterling on the right hand side. But I know he doesn't Chelsea. like playing. He's not going to leave London now at this point. Probably not. Uh, a lot of people saying Harvey Barnes, Kieran Tierney, another left back. Probably don't need it, dear. Unless Luca Dean was to depart. That was Ty saying that. Ty also said Jonathan David, which I don't hate. I think he's too similar to Watkins, and I talk about having those different options. His game last season was very similar. To Watkins' game this says I think they do the same things. I think you want a different type of striker. Few people going with uh, Jordan. Yeah, I saw well, that. I like his. I I saw him play for Canada at the World Cup, and I loved his movement. But the problem you might have with Villa is that you actually want him to stand still. Yeah, a little bit. I just think he you'd be doing the same things to his game that he's just done to Watkins' game. You want something different to Watkins. I was going to just say Hilaire. I was just going to chuck that out there as well. Ooh, another one we were talking about on the train here, Ferran Torres. Yeah, you see, when Villa were going to get Barcelona sporting director, that was one I was like, that's going to happen, 100%. But and then, then you like, just slowly like accrue but Alan, Torres's. Alan, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, you can never have too many Torres's. I you, couldn't agree you, you more. Need to... Okay, let's uh, move on to some January 2024 picks and we'll, we'll get your thoughts on it. So Villa contract situation. For those of you guys who haven't... Um, seen my channel we've done a load of videos actually on lots of teams and, and how they were looking the next three transfer windows and players that they could could go and buy uh, but we didn't do villa so we thought we'd do it here so, i feel quite privileged that you saved that for this podcast 
Have you ever done one of these? On I was eyeing you up before? for a while. Hey. I was I eyeing like you up it. for a while. I knew I like you were the right it. man for this one. So expiring, what we like to do is kind of explain the contract situation. In terms of contracts expiring 2024, Bertrand Traore, Nakamba, Keenan Davis as well. People were going, oh, he was never good enough. He was never good enough for Villa. Well, they're saying that Premier League, there's some Premier League. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of gets that job. And actually at Forest, he was frightening. I couldn't believe Forest didn't sign him in the first place, to be honest. He's better than Chris Wood. Hmm. Yeah, but Awani was the guy they got in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, we obviously we've got the uh, the Monchi effect here. Um, so, Monchi is... What's his first name? He's got a long name. Everyone right. just calls him Monchi. Him Monchi. It's just Monchi. So, it was going to be Monchi and Emery working together. And, you know, Emery kind of put together how he wants to play. Monchi goes and finds those players. Monchi signed the likes of Rakitic, Alve, Danny Alves, Fabiano, uh, with some Ben Yedda, Frederick Canute. Little ripple effect from the Munch or the Munchy effect. Uh, can you say scored in the 4 0 win over Middlesbrough in the Europa League final? It was the first of Sevilla's seven <laughs> Europa League titles. Do you mean they're bored of it? Munchy said big data and artificial intelligence are two names used by any club that wants to grow. Lately, more than scouts, we've started looking for engineers, mathematicians, physicists, and experts in statistics or algorithms. Big data is the future. Um, not because you are going to buy a player based on the data, but because it reduces the risk. And I think that's worth keeping in mind. So in terms of these options that we're kind of putting forward, one is to kind of keep that in mind. Um, so striker options. And this is, yeah, this is sort of moving. Well, actually, I mean, this could be, this could be the summer. Or this could be January as well, actually. Because, you know, the war chest is there, in other words. Briel and Bolo, AS Monaco. As a striker, if Cameron Archer isn't kind of capable, because there obviously is that jump that needs to occur. 11 goals, by the way, 11 goals in 17 starts for Borough. God, I got that miles wrong. <laughs> Apologies. Um, so in terms of January 2024, maybe they, like, they've given Cameron Archer that time. It's not really worked. Or, or maybe it has, and they want to, I don't know. They might want to sell them. I want to move on. Briel and Bolo, uh, AS Monaco. In terms of those underlying stats, which we want to kind of keep an eye on, so it's not just those obvious names that you're kind of thinking about. His market value is 19 million at Monaco. Monaco finished uh, sixth last year. And I think that's the big thing here is that that might mean that they're not able to kind of keep hold of their best players. So 12 goals last year. Conversion rate was 30%. Only two assists. So a little bit different, you know, in terms of not being your, your out and out target man. He's one of those players I feel like I only ever see him when there's an international tournament. Yeah, you do. But around. he's a bully, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, always always li- I've always liked him whenever I've watched him in those cameos. But he never seems to start for Switzerland either. He's always coming off the bench. Yeah. Was it Wales? Did he bully Wales or the game before Wales? When they're in the group with them in the Euros. I remember him being really, really impressive in that one as well. But in terms of that money ball strategy, Mbolo excels with those underlying numbers. Shot creating actions per 92.93s in the 79th percentile <laughs> in the top five leagues. Uh, 1.38 successful take-ons per 90 as well, which is in the top 15% in the top five leagues as well. Because I think that's the thing with those strikers. is it's a, It could be... It's, someone, it's not going to be a banked sort of a nailed on starter mm. so these options are actually you could say you can go and say Lewandowski if you want to but it's you know it's pointless another option we was teasing it earlier from Athletic Club Bilbao Inaki Williams now he's 29 obviously he's like a bit of a club legend market value is about 21 million according to transfer market his contract expires in 2028 so that is obviously a long contract and he is 29 so it would cost it a little bit but again might, might be the only way they can get Nika. Get his, get his, get his <laughs> brother as well. Double up, maybe. 
But in terms of his underlying stats, again, as another option, 10 goals, 2.63 shot, shots per 90, four progressive carries per 90, which is in the top 2% of the top five leagues. And in the top 2% for progressive passes received as well. He would be, again, if they need to sort of smooth over those finances at Athletic Club, Club Bilbao, his, underni- his underlying numbers in terms of progressing the ball, which I think is a, as, would suit um, Aston Villa, that could be, uh, that could be somewhere that they might go, because you know some everyone does kind of have their price, and I, I he might be one of those players. Although he wants to stay there, and I think at twenty nine, it's one of those he actually either wants to have an adventure now. I kind of think does he need it, does or he, he just it? wants to continue. Like because I think it's, the legacy's there with the amount of games that he's played for them, and like it was back to back games, wasn't it as well? Yeah, right, so eight years. Yeah, eight years. Christ. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I think game. I think he's a really good shout, but I just it would be an it would be a bit of a shock for him Some, to go there. Someone like Morata wouldn't surprise me. Really? Yeah. I t- again, I just think I want to see names that aren't too. That's why the Asensio one. I was like, mm, it's too. Oh, he's a glamorous player like Coutinho. Coutinho yeah. felt like a good move. But it wasn't. People forget about Coutinho a little bit. Is that I feel like he was just dying to play well under Emra. And then he got a season-ending injury. He scored a really nice goal against Arsenal. Great team move. Really clever, clever finish. And then we never saw him again after that game. He got his first goal of the season. Then he got injured and then we didn't see him again. I still think there's something there with him. I think there's something now. I think Emery will use him. Okay. In terms of those like really exciting, spicy ones, like we're, we're thinking about someone like Jao Felix. Like, they wanted him in January. Really? They wanted him in January, yeah. Dybala was the one I said to you because he's yeah. got that low-release clause. Could, he, could Emi Martinez persuade him to come? I wonder if he'd want to just... He's probably a bit of a god there at Rome. He might want to kind of stick around. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Mourinho over the next kind of come, year Come and be so. a god in Birmingham. It's just the same as being a god in Rome. Is it? It's similar. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> sort of. Uh, right back options. Marius Wolf. Um, OGs of my content will remember him from my football manager says. We did all right. Wolfie. Uh, market value, 8.5 million. He's a really interesting one because when you look at his numbers, you think he's always oh, kind of like a right winger. He's not like he's playing he as a right back. He used to play on the wing, and they kind of made him into this right back. Yeah, what? Because what I'm intrigued to see is what Emery does moving forward in terms of like if you've have it had it asymmetric and you've had Cash or Ashley Young kind of sitting there being well behaved. Is is it like Moreno the guy forevermore, or if you can go and get a really good, exciting right back like Marius Wolf, who's 28. Market value is 8.5. I think he'd cost a bit more than that. Um, but his contract expires in 2024. Maybe that's how you kind of get him on the well, cheap. Mooney has been Do you mentioned. go and do that? Mooney has been mentioned a couple of times recently. And right. Yes. Ticks the box of European experience. That's one thing that Villa don't have a lot of in their squad, which I think might be taken into account with the transfer business. They've not got many players, if any other than Martinez and Coutinho. He's a bit more sensible, Mooney, as well. Yeah, that have played in European competition before. There's, there's only, I think there's only Martinez and um, and Coutinho. I can't think of anyone else in the Villa squad that's played, or Diego Bailey. Carlos. Do you think that's that much of it? Yeah, Do you need that that much in a conference league? I don't, I don't know. It's because yeah. it's an unknown, th- unknown sure. thing for us. But Marius Wolf, I think, is really exciting. I think he's, he probably, I mean, he might be the start for Dortmund now, so it might be tricky yeah, to difficult last him. game of the season. I watched, I watched that game. I, mean, I still can't believe that game. Yeah, but he had a difficult outrageous. game. Outrageous. Uh, progressive carries, 3.25 progressive carries per 90 in the top 16%, and uh, the top 5% for successful take ons. As I say, if you go kind of look at his stats, it feels like he, he's a right winger, but he's not. So if you want to kind of 
switch it up and have that attack. Yeah, like the different right options. Yeah. If you've got another winger, then you could maybe do that where your right back's the one who's the outlet and the left back tucks in. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, trying to say in the other points that you want different types of players and different options. And that you're kind of saying, just go go and trust uh, Emery. Yeah. Love this shout. We put him forward for so many. We put him forward for so many things all the time. No one seems to want to buy him. Uh, Mailer, a Danish uh, right back or left back and can play uh, on both sides. Again, attacking options in the top 7% for shot creating actions last year. Top 12% for progressive passes in his position. Um, top 12% for progressive passes as well. 5.58. I don't understand why no one wants to get him. Can play right back or left back. Can someone please buy him so can we stop talking about That's a very Brent sign in that well because he's danish yeah it just feels like a feels like a feels like a brand feels like a brand feels like hickey, hickey maybe goes to man city or somewhere and then they sign him as the replacement interesting feels hickey like to man city i heard it because i saw it wow. pop up somewhere apparently pep really really likes him okay and he can play right back and left back which pep likes mailer's the one i mean he's always the one i like because i love him but mailer it does it again someone can play left side or right side then you've got your capital m was it Mailer who scored the free kick against England or was that someone else? That was Damsgaard, yeah. Who is that, Brentford? Yeah. <laughs> um, Easily confused. But Mailer was fantastic in that tournament. Yeah, he was. So there's some options for him of right back and striking positions. Then I was uh, thinking about we move into the summer window. The contracts that expire for 2025, which some of these players are the players you're trying to get a bit of money for now. Callum Chambers. Any chance of him staying? If they, don't, so, if they don't sign a centre-back, he'll start. He, in terms of being just sensible right back for the conference league if you can't find the player that you want you sort of don't need to be held to ransom he's a solid player there. he's someone whose career i think has had a bit of a ripple effect because i think he moved too early i think he went to arsenal yeah, too early yeah and flitted around there for years and years not really doing anything i think it's harmed his career i think it's good that you've got him on a, a deal till 2025 the problem i think I, I wonder how much people would want to pay for him because I don't we think he's him truly, on a truly him on a proven. Him. Yeah, I don't think anyone's truly proven. He hasn't proven himself as a Premier League starter for for anyone. No. So again, I could see him. I could, you know, I think Luton are just going to take on the players that people don't want. Back to Southampton. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Callum James, Courtney Hawes, Ollie Watkins, twenty twenty five. Do you think he'll sign a new deal? Should be a new deal. Okay. I yeah, thought that would have been done by now. Right, and Leon Bailey. So, There's talks of him getting a new deal as well. I think Emery seems to really like Leon Baylor. I t- yeah, so do I, as I think I've made quite clear. So by the summer 2024, by this point, I think they'll have a good idea of the futures of where those players are going to kind of stay and go. You know, Chambers and Hawes, you don't expect to leave. So centre-back positions going to be could be an area that you need uh, uh, an option. Hawes is finished at Villa, I would think. Been a good servant, but... Yeah, totally. Yeah, he won't be playing for a second. Uh, Mings uh, will be 31 by that point, as will Diego Carlos. And this is such a huge season for him. See how where he's at. And so even if you get Paul Torres, you're still going to probably need to, to get someone. And when it comes to Watkins and Bailey, I think it is a tricky one because the club actively looking for a winger uh, this summer and a striker. So that could affect Troy things. Troy or I will move if we sign a winger. Right. Okay. So we're going to go for centre-back options and a sort of uh, another... Um, forward option. I love our final options here. Okay. So this so, is in 2025? This is, no, this is 2024. So these players will be at the club in 2025. Uh, Malik Tior, 21, AC Milan, market value 70 million. AC Milan fans have been really, really enjoying him this year. Bit of a sort of out and out defender. Um, he's not that sort of defender who's just going to like play those 60 yard cross balls, cross field passes, which We'll give you an option for that. And the, the second option I really, really like, I think is a bit more sort of uh, obtainable. 
but uh, tackles 2.8 tackles per 90 in the top 7%, uh, sorry, 17% for that. Clearances, top 14%. Aerials 1, top 6%. So an out-and-out sort of bullish centre-back, which I don't think Emery's totally against because, you know, they're not outrageously progressive. Uh, sorry, um, possession-heavy. Or they haven't been, but maybe they're going to try and make that move to We're that. Trying to have control of the of the game, and I'd say we got a lot better at that. At the mm-hmm. like maybe last ten games of the of the season, Villa controlling the tempo of a, of a game and getting on the ball and wanting the ball. Mm-hmm. And I, this is where I say about Mings, he's pa- passing, and how progressive he is with his passing is very underrated. I mean, I'm interested to see. I don't think, I don't think Villa will get him because I think someone else will pinch him. Tior, that's as a 21 year old. I just think that's. That's his future, personally. Chelsea. But if you could get Chelsea. him, that's exciting. Ten-year contract. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the one I love, um, and he'll be twenty-seven by this point. Um, Anderson, I was, I'm going to go joke him, whack him, yock him, yock him, yock him. get his first name wrong. Walk him. What was that? That wasn't any of them. <laughs> yock him, Anderson, twenty-seven. Market value twenty-five mil. In terms of the, being able to play those sort of long passes, he's very good at that. I wasn't. I was also thinking of him as that as a player that could maybe step into to midfield as well if you wanted him to. But I really, really like him. In terms of his long passes per 90, 6.33. That long pass to Zaha used to do it time and again. And I think I think he'd be really, really good for, for Villa. And I could, I could just see that one. I could see you going and getting him. Well, I think he might end up at Newcastle as Fabian Scher's replacement. Do you think? Yeah. Interesting. He beats his leader as well as his captain of captain of Palace when he's, when he's fit. Right. Final few options here. Forward options. Jared Bowen. He'll be 26 by next summer. Market value says 32 million currently. Dad's a Villa fan. Dad's a Villa Dad's fan. Dad's a Villa fan, yeah. Contract expires in 2025. Six goals, six assists. Um, three shot-creating actions per 90. 48 key passes last season. Was a bit of a frustrating one for him. But in terms of having that Good player. pacey player who can score some goals, two options here from the Prem to finish off with. Jared Bowen, as I said, I think, It'd be interesting to see who is after him next summer. And then another one, Brian and Waymo, who I can't believe is 23. I really like him. Do you? I've had, I've always been against him, but he actually did impress with Tony out in the last few weeks of the season. I think he's so important to what Brentford does. So, so important. The way he floats in from that right-hand side onto his left foot. He he does facilitate a lot. The one thing I always struggle with is his finishing, but which again got better better, as the season. But again, it's these players you take that he's good for Brentford, but you take him out there and put him somewhere else doesn't necessarily mean he'll be good elsewhere. I think he just fits in well with the way Brentford play. Very, very possible. And last one, I will just chuck in there because just at some point, it just feels like one, certainly for the summer. And yeah, we'll finish with Villarreal one more time. It was previously. Dan Juma's just got to go to you at some point, don't you think? Like, won't I, work at Tottenham and then off he goes. I went heavy that I was adamant he'd come in January and then he obviously ended up going to Spurs to just sit on the bench and do nothing for the, for the rest of the season. Emery got him firing in the Champions League. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not one that's come up a little bit more. This summer, the ripple effect of him turning down Everton is that he'll end up at Villa because hmm. he won't get the minutes at Tottenham. I don't really get why he went to Tottenham. I don't know, he's whether Emery season has been consistent enough is the only thing. Spurs had a 27 million option to buy as well. Yeah, they're not going to do no, that. Yeah, they turned it down. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and there you have it. Yeah, player hasn't been mentioned. Go on, Zaha. What's going on with him? Yeah, I, I love him. I mean, he's linked with a lot of different people. You Lazio. know, PSG, Lazio now, Saudi Arabia. Depends what he wants to do. I remember chatting um, with HLTCO, mm. Daniel, and um, he was saying 
he said that you know there's a big contract for him at Palace as well if he wants it. So yeah. he just needs to decide what he kind of wants to go and do. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he'd be outrageous. When as well. well, I know he's like 30, 31 now, but he he when Villa sold Grealish to Man City and they then tried to buy three players to replace him, which that kind of thing never works. We try and buy three players to replace one or four yeah, players yeah, to replace yeah. one. Spurs did it, didn't they, with uh, with Gareth Seven, Bale. wasn't it? Villa could have signed Wilfred Zaha at that point. And I actually think at that time, he was the only person that could have replaced Jack Grealish because he's yeah. got that arrogance and that belief in his ability and that but that ball carry. Fouls that he wins as well. But Villa went from a data perspective and they chose Leon Bailey instead. Interesting. Mm. We okay. tried to get him as well. And then we yeah. couldn't. We got it will be. Turned out eight years later. Change of position, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there we have it. A bumper podcast. And I don't care because there's lots to talk about. And uh, Aston Villa are an exciting club to keep an eye on this summer and of course for the future as well because all is pretty bright at the moment dan where can people find you um and uh thank you very much by the way for for, for joining Anytime. me today i appreciate it mate yeah where can people find you mate? uh do my own stuff on on youtube the villa view but i look at that as that's more of a, a hobby for me for me nowadays i do within that there's the 1874 podcast with the athletic journalist mm-hmm. greg which is i think is a it's a strong podcast talking about villa and then like you, I just pop up in in different places. Talk True. sports, Sky Sports. Been had a, I've had a three and a half year stint at the Athletic, that's just come come to an end. I'm going to be doing some stuff on a few other YouTube channels in the in in the coming months. But yeah, Sky Transfer Shows is probably going to be the main one in the next Good few man. months. Well, yeah. you are incredibly talented and knowledgeable, and it's been a joy to chat to you, mate. I really, really appreciate you coming down. Absolute legend, guys. If you've enjoyed yourself, do me a favour, go and check out the other podcasts that we've done with the Ripple Effect. We're really proud of kind of like the sort of body of work that we've got here because they're all actually quite evergreen conversations a lot of the time. And I think there's a lot to get. And I've been trying to get different guests that can provide that different insight like Dan. And uh, and hopefully you'll be able to enjoy and kind of learn about different clubs uh, if you go and check out the other podcasts. So go and do that if you've enjoyed this one. But also do me a favor. If you're on Spotify right now, make sure you give us a five-star rating and follow the podcast. And if you're listening to us anywhere else, then do the exact same because it's always great to, to get that, that feedback from you and understand that you're happy with the job that we're doing. Hit me up on Twitter as well if you have ideas of ripple effects. I see them all the time. I, send, I generally like screenshot them and send them to Kai and Kai goes, yeah, I love it, I love it, I love it. Oh, he loves it. Kai's thinking in ripples these days, poor lad. <laughs> so for Kai alone... Um, make sure you uh, follow us and give us a five-star rating. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back very, very soon. Thanks again.